Listen, he wants you to know him. He wants to reveal himself to you. Listen, if you were, if somebody were to watch that that didn't know Jesus and they saw all of those tremendous adjectives about the, the Son of God, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you think they would want to know him? I think they would. Because we all need to know our Savior. We, he wants to reveal himself to you. And that's why when I was looking at these scriptures, it's like Jesus could not wait to show up for all these people and show off. He couldn't wait to tell the, one, the men in Emmaus. He wanted them to know. He wanted them to start seeking him. He wanted them to serve. He wanted the women to come to the tomb. He wanted Peter and John to run to the tomb. He wanted them to find the tomb empty. He wanted to reveal himself in power and in love and in grace and in mercy. And listen, he's still wanting to do that today. But some of us, have no, we've closed the door, we've closed our eyes, and we've not received everything that he has for us. And he wants you to know him today. He wants you to know him right in the middle of your junk. Whatever you're going through, whatever the problems in your life, he wants to reveal himself to you. Did you know that? That's my king. Do you know my king? He wants you to know him. He wants you to know him better than you know your closest friend. He wants you to know him better than you know your mom or your dad because he is your closest friend. He is your mother. He is your father. He wants you to know him better than anybody, even yourself. He knows you better than you know yourself because he created you. And he wants you to know. He wants you to know him. He knows you. Would you get, would you offer yourself to the king today? Would you say, God, I want to know everything about you. I want to seek you with all of my heart. He says in his word, if we seek him, we will find him. Have you ever known someone that you thought you knew? That they turned out to be somebody else? Somebody say, yeah, I married him. (laughs) I went into business with that person. I thought I knew them. I had a friendship. I thought I had a good friendship with that person. Amen. All of a sudden, the business falls apart because that person wasn't who you thought they were as your business partner. You had that friend that you thought, wow, we have developed a friendship. We developed trust. And you you tell this person your deep, dark secret. And the next day, it's on Facebook for all the world to see you. I thought I knew them. You know, we think we know people. But really, you don't. some people don't want you to know them. They don't want to reveal their stuff to you. And so they hide. But Jesus is not that kind of a God. He's not that kind of... He he wanted to reveal himself to us totally and fully. He wanted to reveal himself through every action that he did. He wanted to reveal the Father. He told Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because Jesus, he came to reveal the Father. Jesus came to reveal the Holy Spirit. And listen, if if we're willing to, God will reveal himself to us today. You remember that time that I told you in one of my testimonies when I got very sick was I was so discouraged, I was down, and I was depressed, and I, man, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just, man, I was just, okay, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And then I watched this video, and this, this prophet was on there, Graham Cook, and he said, ask God where he is right now in your life. Ask him where he is right now in your life. And I was like, 148 pounds, I didn't, I wouldn't eat, and everything was going through. I was like having a horrible time. And I said, okay, God, I will do that. And the next morning, I got up. I was rehabbing at my sister's home in, down, in, in Grapevine. And I got out on the back porch. I had a cup of coffee. And I said, okay, God, tell me who you are to me right now. And he said, I am the lifter. The words came out just as quick as I asked the question. I am the lifter of your head, Harold. You know, God is the lifter of your head this morning. If your head is down, if you're discouraged, if you're depressed, if you're lonely, if you feel like life is just crushing you in, 
God is the lifter of your head. He is the gateway to the, to glory. He is, he is all these things that were shared this morning and many more than that. He's infinitely better than anything we can ask of or think of or imagine. That's our king. We ought to get to know him. We ought to want to spend some time with him. So they rose up in verse 33. So they rose up that very hour and they returned to Jerusalem. Now I'm going to guess that they went back to Jerusalem faster than they were walking away. After their encounter with Jesus, after he broke bread with them, then he he disappeared. I have a feeling that they made they hightailed it back to Jerusalem, don't you think? And they found that the eleven and those who were with him gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he, Jesus, was known to them in the breaking of bread. Here, here's the thing. The more, the better you know Jesus, the more I believe you will want to live for Jesus. The better we know Jesus, the more we, were gonna, we will want to share Jesus with other people. Can you imagine they're, they're, they, they're, been, they're sharing this message. They've come back. They've, just, they've had dinner with Jesus. He broke bread with them. He's disappeared. They've come back the seven miles to Jerusalem. And they've come in in all this excitement, and they're asking the disciples. The disciples are telling them what they've heard, and, and they're, they're telling them Jesus walked with them on the road, and whoosh, Jesus appears again. As they were said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and he said to them, Peace to you. Now, if you go back and read John 20, I believe this is the same part where Jesus said, I, peace, I give you. And he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But they were terrified and frightened. Really? Yeah, I would have been too, right? He shows up out of nowhere. Doors locked. They're afraid. They're scared. And Jesus shows up. They were terrified and frightened. And suppose they had seen a spirit or a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? See, if you don't know Jesus, if, you're not, if, you, if you don't understand his presence, if you're not welcoming him into your life and into your everyday life and into your intimate life, if he's not a part of you, listen, doubts will arise when things come. If you don't have this intimate knowledge and understanding and this relationship with the Almighty God, listen, I'm telling you, when, when the doctor gives the diagnosis it's not good, your doubts will arise. They'll arise anyway, but you need to know Jesus is the healer in the midst of that. He said, Behold my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. He already knew what they were thinking. He thought he knew that they thought he was a ghost. He said, come here and touch me. Ghosts don't have flesh and blood. But while they see, I love this verse 41. I, I've studied this verse and I'm, I'm looking at him thinking, what does this actually mean? It says, but while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? You know, here's what I think of in my language. I don't believe it. I can't believe this. This is, I can't, wow, I can't, this is too much. It'd be like somebody calling you on the phone. You get a long distance call and somebody says, you just inherited $2 million from an aunt that you never heard of. You know what you'd probably do? Oh, that's a scam. I don't believe that. 
But when they finally sunk in, you go, oh, I can't believe I just want a lot of money. I can't believe I inherited two million dollars. And you say, I can't believe it for joy. And you'd be marveling, wouldn't you? So I think that's kind of the attitude that they were having here. Wow. I touched him. He's spoken. That's Jesus. I don't believe it, but I believe it. And so Jesus goes, okay, one more test. Got anything to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. Can you imagine? Well, they were scurrying around looking for some food. (laughs) Find something. Well, we got some little fish here. We got some pieces of broiled. Hey, here's a piece of honeycomb. Okay. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. And again, Jesus is revealing himself to his followers, isn't he? He's trying to tell them, listen, I'm real. I'm not a ghost. I know he had a, there was something about him that was different. But he was revealing himself. He revealed himself even when he broke the bread with the two men that he'd walked to, to the road, on the road to Emmaus with, didn't he? He revealed himself. And I was thinking, how did, when he, right before he vanished, I was just thinking when he broke the bread. When he broke the bread, did they maybe see nail prints in his hands? And their eyes were open. Didn't say. I'm just thinking that's the kind of way I think. Break the bread. Oh, wow. I recognize those hands. Those are the hands that were nailed on the cross for me. And then he vanished from their sight. And then verse 44, Jesus says this to them. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. I was thinking, what's the best way to really know Jesus? You know, if you're here this morning, you don't really know him. And when we use the word know, that's even when you go back to the Greek, it's talking about intimacy. It's not just like, I know you because I met you today. That's not what he's talking about. It's having an intimate, personal relationship with him. How do we really know Jesus? How did you get to know him? How did I get to know him? First of all, I had to invite him in. He does not force his way on anybody. You have to make, you have to give him this open invitation in the midst of all your sin, because every one of us, when he came into your life, you were a sinner. You were a sinner. It says, for all is sin and fall short of the glory of God. So when you, when he made himself known to you, when he reveals himself to you, you have the opportunity to either say yes to him or no to him. You have that opportunity. It's a choice. But when you do invite him in, this is the way you get to know Jesus. When you do invite him in, listen, you are inviting in the living word of God. Think about that. Jesus said he became flesh and dwelt among men. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. In other words, Jesus said, I became flesh and I have dwelt among you and I am the word. Even when the disciples, when Jesus was giving them, giving them this teaching that they thought was very difficult in John chapter 6, they said, all the people said, well, this is too hard. We can't follow this kind of a teaching. And his own disciple, and Jesus looked at his disciples and said, do you want to leave too? And Peter said, no, but because you have the words of life. 
Even Peter then, by the Spirit, would say, Jesus, he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was revealed to him by the Spirit. And that's the third part of really getting to know him. First of all, you've got to invite him in. Because when you invite him in, you're inviting in the living word. The word that is written on your heart. Some of you don't even know scriptures, but you know there are things that I'm supposed to do and things that I'm not supposed to do. Because the living word comes in and he changes you. I believe this with all my heart. If you really have an encounter with Jesus Christ, you will never be the same again. Even if you step back into sin, even if you fall back into sin, if you fall out of grace, whatever you want to call it, you will never be the same again because you'll never be satisfied being back in your sin. Holy Spirit will begin to work on you. He will begin to convict you of the love of God, the grace of God. He'll begin to convict you of that. And so when you invite him in, when you first you invite him in, you're inviting in the living word of God. And he comes to live in you through the Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Spirit. Just checking to see if you're awake. A lot of people dismiss this part. A lot of people tell you, man, you just need to give your life to Christ. You need to pray the sinner's prayer. You need to invite Jesus in. You need to repent of your sins. You need to be water baptized. Listen, when you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you. At the moment of salvation or conversion or whatever you want to call it, getting to know, getting Jesus, whatever. Like Mr. Flurry said, I, I got Jesus. 89 years old, an atheist. 89 years, a life of atheism, a biology professor at ASU. 89 years he had lived believing that there was no God until Mary Lou came into his life and began to witness him, the love of Christ. That's what she witnessed to him over and over and over again. And he came to the place, Mary Lou would say, listen, if you're, he had these bad dreams, he had demonic dreams, and he would say, Mary Lou, I, I need you. And she would say, well, I, all, I got, all I can give you, Mr. Flurry, is Jesus. I don't, wanna, I don't believe in him. That's all I can give you, but Mr. Flurry, I'll pray for you. You don't need to pray for me. I don't believe in your God. And one morning or one afternoon, we're walking into the nursing home. He's sitting at the edge of his bed. Mary Lou walks into his room, and he is weeping. He is weeping. She said, Mr. Flurry, what's the matter? He said, I got Jesus. That was his bad English. I got Jesus. He's a professor. Mary, Mary Lou tells the story. He said, I I've gotten, I've got, Je- I've got Jesus in my heart. Oh, I remember what he said. He said, "I got Jesus, I got Jesus." She said, "What happened?" He said, "Well, I had another one of those dreams, one of those demonic dreams." And he said, "She said it was horrible." He said, "I could see hell, I could see the fire." And she said, "But what did you do?" She said, "He said I did what you told me to do. I called upon the name of the Lord, and He saved me. I got Jesus." But he had to call on Him. He had to invite Him in. You understand that? 89 years as an atheist. Listen, when he, when, he was, when he died three years later, guess who he asked to do his funeral? Mary Lou and me. A Christian funeral. All of his atheist buddies were there going, wow. They didn't want to hear that story. They didn't want to hear that story. But listen, when you invite Jesus in your life, you're inviting the living word to come live in you. And the living word is empowered in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a most beautiful, powerful combination. The word of God and the spirit of God. Listen, they never contradict one another. Ever, ever, ever. Somebody tells you, the Holy Spirit told me to go do something, and you know it's sinful. You know it is wrong. 
It's not the Holy Spirit. If you can show them a scripture, no, this scripture says this. Well, you know, I just had to tell a lie. Well, the scripture doesn't, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't tell you to tell a lie because God's word says not to lie. The Holy Spirit wouldn't tell you to commit adultery because the word of God says don't commit adultery. And I could go on and on and on and on. You're going, why do you have to pick those? (laughs) The Holy Spirit empowers the word of God and begins to teach you. It says he leads us into all truth. They never contradict each other. They always complement each other. So when you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, you've got the word of God in you, you've got the word of God in your hand or on your phone or however you get the word of God and you're listening to the word of God, maybe you listen to it as you're going back and forth to work, you listen to it on, on, on Christian radio, but you're getting the word of God in you. Listen, the Holy Spirit will quicken the word that God wants to quicken within you to reveal himself to you. You know what I'm talking about? You're living in certain things. You're doing certain things in your life. You know that, the, matter of fact, you're trying to, you want to kind of hide this little sin and, and the Holy Spirit will quicken something within you and then, uh, then Jesus will show himself and he will reveal himself to you in the midst of that situation. Uh, and then what do you do? You repent. You simply repent. Or you're going through a trial. You're going through a tribulation. Man, you're, you're in deep water. You're in, the, you're in a mess. Your life's in a mess. Your finances in a mess. Your marriage is in a mess. Your family's in a mess. Your health is in a mess. And the Holy Spirit, listen, that's when you need to be more than ever. You need to be in the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit will use the Word that you're, that you're reading. And He will quicken the Word within you. And He will say, this is who I am. I want to reveal myself in the midst of your crisis. And just like we talked about last week or week before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, He might not deliver you out of the fire at that moment, but He will be with you in the fire. And you'll come out on the other side, you won't smell like smoke. You won't be getting the flames off of you. You know? Patting yourself down and smoke coming up. If you'll let the Holy Spirit reveal the Word of God and reveal Jesus to you in the midst of your situations. Ephesians 1.13 says this, In Him, Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I think that's a beautiful passage that talks about salvation and the word of God and the Holy Spirit, how they work together. How Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work together to reveal Jesus Christ to us in every situation in our life. Now, the reason God wants us to know him, the reason he wants us to know his son Jesus is so we can in turn, listen, this whole series is what did Jesus do? He revealed himself to those people, didn't he? He revealed himself to the disciples. He revealed himself to his followers. But then he says, if I've made myself known to you, I want you to make me known to the world. So what did Jesus do? He revealed himself. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to reveal Jesus. That's what we're about. Listen, listen to Luke 24, 46. Then he, this is Jesus, said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to what? To whom? All nations. 
beginning in Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. If Christ lives in you, you are a witness of these things. You know why you're a witness of these things? Because the word of God is in you. And the word of God is true. So whatever the word of God says, you've experienced it by your relationship with Jesus Christ. The promises are true. Also, the commandments are true. We like the promises sometimes. We're not so crazy about the commandments. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise, that's the Holy Spirit of my Father, upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Listen, in a few days, well, like it was 50 days from the date of the resurrection to Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came in power. But listen, he already breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit through salvation. So we are empowered by the Holy Spirit at salvation experience. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a successful, victorious Christian life. A lot of people say, well, I got to get the baptism so I can live for Jesus. No, you don't. You got you. You get Holy Spirit when you get Jesus. And he empowered you at that moment to live for him. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if anything, he's more for you to to bless others in the kingdom of God. It's the gifts that come so that you can move in power and do the works that Jesus did. But at at salvation, you get the Holy Spirit. You get the deposit. You get the promise. You get the seal that day, that moment. You all understand that? Jesus is constantly wanting to reveal himself to you and to me. And if you know him, my question is this. Are you revealing him to a lost and dying world? Are you? Would you stand? Could we have the ministry team at the front, please? Some of you are going through some really difficult things right now. I mean, I don't have to be a prophet to know that. There's many people in here, there's, there's things that you're going through. Some of you walk in this, walked in this morning and, and you thought, well, last week was awesome. Jesus rose from the dead, but it doesn't seem like he's alive in me today. You know, the post-resurrection blues kind of thing. A little letdown after the big, the big victory. You know, if you're not connected with Christ, if you're not understanding who he is and letting him reveal himself to you moment by moment, those times can come very easily. You can, you can seek pretty low pretty quick. Anybody, can I get a witness for that? You know what I'm talking about. So this morning, could y'all balance out a little bit more over here, Sarah? You and Shane go to this side. Yeah, I like balance. Just a balance kind of guy. That's why the podium is exactly in the middle. Some of you are going through some things that you're like me. Jesus, where are you in this? And you may not know, but God gives words of knowledge to his ministry, his his team. The people that are really connected have been praying and seeking his face to know what to share. And so this morning, maybe you just need to come and let somebody pray over you. You can share whatever it is you're going through. It doesn't matter. They keep it confidential. 
but they would want to pray for you this morning because maybe you're going through something. Maybe a marriage problem. Maybe it's a family issue. Maybe it's a lost loved one. Maybe it's a tragedy. And I just uh, seen Claudia and, and Francis here this morning. I'm reminded of the tragedy that took place in our city and the hurt that's going on all over our city over the senseless killings. Senseless killing. I just wonder, man, those boys that did that, what if they knew Jesus? What if they'd known him? They wouldn't have done that. They wouldn't have. We need to pray for our city. We need to pray for our city. Our young people need to be, they need to be loved on and and taught the word of God and brought into the kingdom. But if that's you this morning and you're, you're going through some things and I, I want to pray for you that you will find Jesus. That he will reveal himself in the midst of that. Would you bow your heads? So, Father, this morning, I thank you for your faithfulness to me. When I cried out to you, I said, where are you, God? Where are you in this? Who are you to me right now? You said, Harold, I'm the lifter of your head. Your wife can't lift your head. The medicine can't lift your head. The doctors can't lift your head. I can lift your head. He is the great I am. And he can lift your head this morning. He lifted mine that very day. And I never looked back since. So that, that's you this morning. If you're in the midst of a crisis or situation, you just need Jesus, who are you to me right now? Don't miss that moment of teaching and training and equipping that he's teaching you as he's refining you in the fire right now. That's what he did for me. He refined me. Sometimes that process doesn't look very good, but it's, it's God does it. And he refines us so that we're stronger when we come out of the fire. So, Father, I bless this, this group this morning, those that especially are struggling, to find you in the midst of what their struggle is, that you would reveal yourself to them in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer this morning for anything, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything that you're going through in your life, just step out and come quickly. Come on, step out and come. We want to pray for you. Step out and come. Don't, don't, don't just wait for somebody to push you out in the aisle. Just come on. Let let Holy Spirit bring you forward this morning. You need Jesus if you need prayer this morning. We want to pray for you. Let him reveal himself to you. I want to tell you what. The first thing he wants to reveal to you is that he loves you just the way you are. He really does. Would you let him reveal himself to you this day?